0: We've been discussing the life of the Apostle Paul. We've looked at his first missionary journey. And now at the events that take place after that missionary journey, some uh, Judaizers or perhaps believers in Jesus who want uh, the... Gentiles to adhere strictly to the law of Moses and be circumcised and consider this necessary uh, for salvation. Uh, So Paul is writing to respond to uh, these attacks on the gospel in the letter to the Galatians. Last time we saw uh, Paul recount some of the events that had happened uh, that give his credentials and uh, the credentials to the message that he proclaimed in the churches uh, in Galatia. And now uh, he has, in chapter 3, begin to outline for us how justification is really as a result of faith uh, that comes through God's grace rather than anything that we can add to it. Uh, So it is apart from the works of the law. And I just wanted to uh, go through the end of chapter three once again before looking at the rest of the letter to the Galatians. So Paul is contrasting the law and the promise uh, as accomplished or given to Abraham. So the giving of the law, he says in verses 15 through 18, did not nullify The promise that God had made to Abraham, Uh, and remember God tells Abraham, uh, gives him promises that he will become a great nation, he will bless him, and in him all the families of the earth will be blessed. We saw uh, Paul ask the question in verses 19 and 20, why was the law given? It was given because of transgressions, as a hold or to be a check on the sinfulness of the people. So the law, in verse 23, he asks, is it contrary to the promises of God? And I think the response that he would give is, no, it's not contrary to the promises that had been given to Abraham, but it held Israel captive, he says, because of their sin until the revealing of the coming of faith. So, law was like a guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith, in verse 24. So, now we are no longer held under the guardianship of the law, but under faith in Jesus Christ. Look at the end of this chapter in verses 28 and 29. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ become heirs With Abraham, of the promise that was made to him that through him all nations would be blessed. Ultimately, this has been accomplished in the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his uh, provision of salvation to all the peoples of the world, all the peoples of the earth. Everyone who believes in Jesus will be saved from their sins and justified in the eyes of God. Well, now in chapter 4, Paul continues on with this discussion of the blessings that we receive, and he talks about believers in Christ in verses 1 through 7 as sons and heirs. He says that in Christ, those who formerly were like slaves when they were uh, children under the law "...but now when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons." That's uh, Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. So, in Christ, believers are not slaves to the law any longer, but have been adopted as the sons of God, children of God, through faith. And because we're children, we are heirs of God and heirs of the promises to Abraham. We're no longer slaves under the law, but now children. We're sons. We are uh, co-heirs with Christ. In verses 8 through 20 of chapter 4, Paul will now strongly plea with the Galatians not to return to the law. He exhorts them not to return to worship of things that are not gods, he says. They're not not gods. They're not worthy to save. These are what he describes as celebrations of days and months, seasons, years. And I think he's referring to the Jewish sacrificial and ceremonial services. Uh, He tells us in verse 15 that he suffered some kind of bodily ailment when he was with them, but that did not prevent them from believing the message that was proclaimed. And in verse 15, uh, he actually will say there, Uh, What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Perhaps there was something wrong with Paul's eyes or something that was bothering him while he went through these churches in Galatia. And in spite of this um, difficulty that he had, the gospel of Jesus went forth all the more boldly Uh, being proclaimed by Paul and by Barnabas, and many believed. Uh, He says that the Judaizers, in verse 17, want to take advantage of the Galatians. And so he is in anguish for them, as though in childbirth, until Christ is formed in them again, he says, a reference to their continuing in the faith in which they had first believed. He wished to be present with them in person so that he could change his tone. You know, the tone of the letter to the Galatians is very sharp, uh, very harsh. He's calling them at times foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Um you know, there are some today who will attempt to, uh, although believers in Jesus Christ, require uh, adherence to the Jewish ceremonial services, the observance of uh, the Sabbath day, um, the uh, Jewish festivals, perhaps even some who would advocate for circumcision. Paul says there's no need to do this. Uh, in Christ, we are freed. From the law of Moses and what it was not powerful to do. The law was given to prevent Israel from sinning even more. It was a restraint on their sin, but it was not capable of saving them fully from their sin. What the law was powerless to do, now Jesus has done in his sacrificial death, and so it is through faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, uh, for which we are forgiven of our sins and given new life. Now in verses 21 through 31 of chapter 4, Hagar and Sarah, from back in the book of Genesis, are pictures, Paul says, of law and of faith. Hagar pictures slavery to the law, and the son born to her was born according to the flesh, and so he compares Hagar and her uh, offspring with the law. Sarah uh, pictures freedom, and her son born according to the promise pictures freedom in the spirit. So the flesh Paul will say, does not inherit the promise, but the spirit. And he uses this allegory of Hagar and her offspring, her son Ishmael, not inheriting the promise uh, because they are in, in his picture according to the law. But the free woman and her son are heirs of the promise. So those who trust Christ for salvation, Paul says, are like the children of the free woman. To whom the promise was given. Uh, no longer under the law, but uh, given the Spirit. We are under the Spirit. In chapter 5, Paul uh, will go on to say that now we have freedom that's been given to us in Christ. Verses 1 through 15, Paul instructs his audience to stand firm and not submit to the yoke of slavery again. That's the yoke of the law. They should not subject themselves to something that Christ has fulfilled and freed them from. So he says neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But what really counts is faith working through love, as he says in chapter 5, verse 6. Now Paul encourages the believers to keep running well and not be tripped up by those who would require them to adhere to uh, the Old Testament laws and regulations. They've been freed from those things. They should not go back to the slavery that they've been freed from. In verses 16 through 26, Paul continues his contrast between the law and the Spirit. Uh, He says, now that we've come to faith in Christ, we will walk by the Spirit. And in verses 19 through 21, Uh, He is going to warn the Galatians against walking in the flesh, Uh, and there we see uh, some things that he mentions like, The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Uh, A long laundry list of uh, what it looks like when you walk by the flesh. In comparison, in verses 22 through 24, he reveals what a life lived in the Spirit looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And he says that those who belong to Christ have been crucified or have crucified the flesh and now need to walk by the Spirit. Again, this is very strong language. You do not need to subject yourself to the law of Moses, to circumcision, to adherence to what Christ has now freed you from. In Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ alone, comes salvation. Now that brings us down to chapter 6, and in chapter 6, in the first 10 verses, he's going to give some instructions for godly living. So this final chapter gives encouragement to help others in the body of Christ by restoring sinning brothers, bearing one another's burdens, staying humble, not boasting, not becoming proud or arrogant, encouraging and supporting teachers, and ultimately not becoming weary of doing good. In verse 10, he says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Believers in Christ should seek to show Christ's love in the world around us, uh, but particularly to those who are within the body of Christ, we should demonstrate love and unity with In the final verses of of the end of uh, Galatians, Galatians 6, verses 11 through 18, Paul writes this final section, he says, in his own hand. Perhaps he used a secretary and uh, dictated uh, the language of this uh, letter to them. Uh, These secretaries were typically called an amanuensis in the ancient world and they wrote down uh, the rest of the letter, uh, listening to it recited or, or spoken out by Paul. He brings out the main point of the letter once again. Gentiles do not need to be circumcised and keep the law to be saved. The only thing we should boast in is the cross of Jesus Christ. Verse 15, he says, "...neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation." Verse 17 is very instructive. He says, the marks on his body uh, testify to his genuine faith in Jesus Christ and position as an apostle of Jesus Christ. He shows them once again, look, I was literally stoned for you. That's how much I care. Don't turn away from the gospel that you've received. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.